So today I am joined by Mabel Lee, founder and CEO of Velour Lashes. Mabel, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I have known about Velour for many years. How long have you been around for? We've been in business for eight years now. Okay. Wow. So yeah. what is Velour and how did you start? So Velour is a luxury lash brand. We actually started in luxury lashes and we are branching out into cosmetics. And the vision at Velour is to become an eye-centric cosmetic brand. And how I got started was really when I was in university, I was obsessed with false lashes. It was kind of my go-to product. Like for most women, you know, it was foundation or lipsticks. For me, it really was false lashes. But, you know, back then, eight years ago, there really wasn't anything available in the market that was luxury. And so I would buy the Shoppers Drug Mart lashes, like really the drugstore mm-hmm. quality lashes, but they were so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I have really sensitive eyes. And so I just felt that there was such a void in the market. And just out, out of selfish necessity, I started creating my own lashes. Now, you know, my dream was really to become a lawyer. And I just started making false lashes with my friends just for personal use. So it really wasn't supposed to be a brand or, you know, even a cosmetic brand. That wasn't my dream, but I really was so passionate about finding the perfect lash. And so that's kind of how Valora started. And so were people just asking you, where did you get those lashes? No. So what happened was, you know, after we made the uh, like 11 styles, a friend, which was a designer, um, was just like, you know, you should sell it on like an Etsy shop and see how it does. And I was so broke. I needed to save up for law school. So I was like, you know what? Let's try it. It's a hobby. Let's see where it goes. And so a friend made the website. A friend made the logo and the packaging. And we just launched it. And I mean, the day we launched, even our friends and our family were like, you're crazy for pricing a <laughs> pair of lashes at the price that we priced that. You know, when Velour launched, we priced one pair of lashes at $50. Mm-hmm. And so that caused a lot of buzz around the brand. And that's what caught the attention of, you know, celebrity makeup artists. And that was the starting point of where we were really able to grow on a social level. Oh, Mm -hmm. so as soon as you launched, did you just start making sales? Not really. It wasn't like immediate. I mean, the first day we got like one or two sales and that was already like, oh my God, so exciting because we didn't expect (laughs) it to go anywhere. Really, we just thought we were going to sell to friends and family, maybe at most. But then we started getting sales. Like I think our first one was like in a random, really, really far country, like Thailand or something. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, oh my God, people are actually hearing about us. And then we started Mm -hmm. doing trade shows. And at those trade shows was when we started really generating sales because we were able to network and meet celebrity makeup artists. And through that, Mm -hmm. we started really being mentioned on social media. Celebrities started using our products. I mean, our first celebrity mention was Beyonce. Yeah. So that was a big deal for us. (laughs) Crazy. So where did she mention you guys? So we got, again, at this trade show, we met her celebrity makeup artist and we didn't know we sold the product to anyone that would buy it. And remember, I didn't come from a makeup artist background. And so I didn't know who was who in the industry. Mm -hmm. And so a few celebrity makeup artists actually bought our lashes at the IMAX New York Mm -hmm. a few years ago. And then I think a few months later, I think I was in class and my phone was just going off with sales. And I was like, what is going on? We didn't expect this lift at all. And mm-hmm. so I Googled, I literally Googled Velour Lashes. And the first thing that came up was an article by People Magazine. And the headline was, Beyonce buys Velour Lashes by the time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, I no joke. I think I was like in economic class or something. And when that went off, I was like, how did this happen? 
And we noticed that while this makeup artist who bought our lashes at the trade show was on tour with Beyonce, she got interviewed by People Magazine. And during that interview, she had mentioned that, yeah, Beyonce loves floor lashes. And that was the the one line that made the headline. And so that was the starting point of lore where we noticed that we were doing something that maybe a wider audience actually was interested in. I really Mm -hmm. developed the product for personal use and maybe for my girlfriends. But that moment was kind of when we realized like this could be something uh, bigger than we all envisioned. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. how has Velour grown since then? So, you know, even when the Beyonce article dropped, I was still working my full-time job and still in school. And so I wasn't prepared to run Valor full-time. And so I gave it a year after the launch um, to see where it went. And within that year, it really took off. So a year after, I was like, you know, I'm going to quit my day job and I'm going to try to focus on this and see where it goes. So when I signed on to do this full-time, our goal was really to get Sephora within five years. Mm-hmm. So we grew so fast that Sephora actually came to us within the third year of running our business and asked us to help them build out the luxury lash space. Wow. So we were so, yeah, we were very lucky. And back then, you know, if you went to Sephora now, you'll see a ton of luxury lashes, which Valor is one of them. But back then, there was no luxury lash category at Sephora. It just wasn't a, a market, really. And so we were very proud um, to have partnered with Sephora and they have been such great partners of ours and we've been growing with them. So very excited about that. We've also expanded our distribution as well. So we're also in Ulta in the USA. Mm-hmm. And then in Q3 of this year, we actually started international expansion. So we also expanded with Sephora Southeast Asia as well as in Australia. So did you find it difficult when Sephora first approached you to actually secure the deal or was it pretty smooth? I mean, there were definitely some challenges, mainly because, you know, when Sephora approached us, there were only two people in the business, me and my business partner. And we didn't know how big of a scale Sephora was going to be for our brand. And so, you know, two young girls, I think we were 22 at that time. Um, (laughs) We were just eager, you know, and we're like, oh my gosh, Sephora noticed us. We got to do everything to sign this contract. And Mm -hmm. we just didn't ask any questions and we signed and we were not prepared and had nothing to do with Sephora. It was on our end, on Mm -hmm. the operational. And it shocked us. I mean, you know, the amount of inventory we had to prepare for, the customer Mm -hmm. service, we just didn't know. And so... As great as that experience was, we definitely learned a lot. And if I were to do it all over again, I definitely would have built a team up first before signing on a contract (laughs) like Sephora. Mm -hmm. Were you studying business at that time? I was. So my goal was to become a corporate lawyer. And so for my undergrad, before going to law school, I uh, did business management with a major in finance. Okay. So that, Mm -hmm. that was probably helpful. Oh, yeah. It was definitely helpful for me. It kind of gave me the foundation. I mean... I don't know. Like I, I had some friends that felt that you know undergrad was totally useless and didn't oh apply God. to that didn't apply to you know business or you know real life experiences. But for me, I really did enjoy my undergrad. It taught me the discipline of having to study mm-hmm. and having to like force myself to work very late nights. And so that prepared me for what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Like I really, I don't stop. I never stop working. And so. I really do appreciate having that undergrad experience because of that discipline of having to force yourself to work. So you were so young. What did you find Mm -hmm. was some of the biggest difficulties being a young female entrepreneur? It was that shock of like the the sacrifice. You know, when we started Valor, it was, I was 21. 
actually 20 because it took a year to build. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, during that time, you're 21, it's the years where, you know, you're socializing, you're making friends, you're going out and you don't have responsibilities, you know, you're not thinking mm-hmm. about anything, but just having a great time and being in school that kind of was taken away from us, you know, and when something like Valor happens to you, have to make sacrifices, you have to make a choice between, you know, growing this baby, or going out and socializing and keeping up with relationships and friendships, right. And so that was a struggle for me, you know, seeing all my friends go out and having a great time while I was like working till midnight. And that that was not that I regret it, but that was definitely something that was uh, that required a lot of adjusting because <laughs> you're just not used to it. And you're also not mature enough to really realize like this is going to be worth it. And mm-hmm. for me, it was kind of like, okay, uh, making that decision to make that sacrifice, if you will. That was a shock. And working as hard as I did, I, I think that's one thing that most people going into becoming an entrepreneur don't realize. Mm-hmm. There's always so much glam and so much, you know, there's so much hype around being an entrepreneur and being your own boss. Mm-hmm. But what people don't see is the behind the scenes of everything. Oh, and it absolutely. is truly so hard and everything depends on you. Mm-hmm. And so I think at a young age, that really shocked me. Like that everything I do, um, my success really depended on me and nobody else. Um, and I couldn't really lean on anybody. What was your driving force for you to keep going? For me, my personality is if I'm going to like commit to something, I'm, I'm literally 150% in it. Mm-hmm. And the day I decided to quit my day job and pause law school because it was such a big dream of ours I had no choice I had to mm-hmm. so I like when I decided to go for the Lord it, it was I was all in and I still <laughs> am all in so I, I think that was my driving force and you know when we launched I'm not kidding you like even friends and family were laughing at it thinking like you're crazy for starting you know a lash brand at $50 and so that kind of motivated me to prove people wrong mm-hmm. and yeah I really had no choice I had to succeed I left a very high-paying job in finance to do this. And so, yeah, I think there was a few motivating factors there. So now as the the company's grown, how many people do you have now in your office? Right now, I think we're a team of 18 people. 18. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. You've Mm -hmm. grown quite a bit. And did you, did you take on investors? No. So we're very proud to say we're bootstrapped. So we haven't taken on any investors till this day. Um, Everything has been, yeah, self-funded by the work. That's amazing. Have you had a mentor at all? So I've been in part of um, a few programs like EY. I've been in part of the Ernest and Young Winning Woman program. So that's really been kind of my platform for mentorship. If I have any sort of a place that I need to bounce ideas off, EY has been a really great uh, platform for mm-hmm. me there. I saw um, you won me, um, 2016 yeah. Entrepreneur mm-hmm. of the Year. Yeah, I was just at UI the other day, really asking for more advice as I grow my business. So they really have been great. And so they have been my mentors. But, you know, as as I've grown my business, I've met people along the way. And I think anyone I've met really has been a mentor. I've learned so much from just meeting so many people. But I, I wouldn't say I have one specific mentor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I saw recently you got married, right? Yeah, I did. Ah, congratulations. Last year, actually. Thank you. Thank you. And I love your dog. <laughs> I have yeah, he's like three. famous. Yeah, he oh, he's, he's so cute. Yeah, I have three, three little dogs. ones. Mm-hmm. They probably they? add up to not even like the size of um, your guys. Big head. head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a Yorkie, a Morkie, and a Rescue. We're not really quite sure what she is, oh. but... They're oh my God. four pounds, five pounds, and nine pounds. So, <laughs> oh yeah, 
Yeah, that's literally the size of the big owl's head. Big owl's <laughs> like 120 pounds. <laughs> so have you found it really difficult for you to have a personal relationship? No, actually, like I think I, I was actually single for most of my journey at Valor, actually. So again, that's what I meant by sacrifice. Like I, I remember when my girls were out dating and, you know, having fun and just making friendships, you know, mm-hmm. I really didn't have a, not just a social life, but I didn't date at all. And so I remember like, I think the first six years of Valor, I was single and I was single for a very long time, even before that. And because it wasn't a priority, not that like I, I chose it, but it just it wasn't a priority for me to focus on a boyfriend or a relationship, to be honest. And so I really focused on the product. I really focused on the brand. And once it got to the point where I was, okay, I could take a little bit of a step back. Um, then I started to focus on, you know, relationships and dating. And my husband now really was my second boyfriend. So he, he understood. And I think what really worked for us was he wasn't intimidated by me being an entrepreneur or a CEO, um, he really supported me when I needed. And he also gave me the space and time when I need to really focus my business. Um, yeah. And I think with being a female entrepreneur, that really has been a struggle. Like we always have to kind of pick and choose, right? Like when do we focus on being a wife? When do we focus on being, you know, his support. And a lot of the times I need, I am pulled in so many ways and I have to make a decision that, Hey, like I tell, I tell my husband, like, I can't go out this weekend because I need to focus on getting work done. And he's never once kind of made me feel bad about it. And that was like the key. That's the key for sure. Mm -hmm. I think. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, yeah, for sure. Really, really struggle with that and finding balance. And I know that it's affected a lot of my relationships in the past and even friendships just because people who are entrepreneurs don't understand everything that we put into it and the, the hustle behind exactly. it. Exactly. It's like, we don't have a exactly. choice. If something happens, we need to, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be there. And I mean, with my first company, Femme Fatale Media, I started over 10 years ago. We do, we started with event staffing, but we do experiential marketing and things. And if we have a massive campaign going on across North America, oh, yeah. something goes wrong on Saturday night, I have to, I have to step out of wherever I am you know, dinner or a family event or something and handle it. Because ultimately, you know, that's, that's my job. (laughs) It doesn't, and it doesn't matter the time of the day. That's exactly it. And I think like, you know, when you're younger, you kind of want to satisfy everyone. But Mm -hmm. as I've grown, you know, I, I know where my priorities lie. And I've decided to surround myself with people that don't make me feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. And I am so lucky to have a group of friends that, have supported me even if I'm not there to mm-hmm. celebrate in the really big milestones in their lives. And I think it's so important because as an entrepreneur, it's already hard. And mm-hmm. so you don't want to have, you know, more coming at you of the pressures of like not being able to make it to your friend's birthday, for example, you know? And so I, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be so mindful of who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. That's totally true. I remember I, seeing that you had started Valor with another girl. Is that correct? Yes, that's my best friend. So that's, well, that's Angela. Your best friend. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So actually, the this again, that's what I meant. Like, Valor was not meant to be a business. So even the partners all are best friends. So we we went to school together. It, it was really like a a project that we worked on just to hang out with each other <laughs> on the weekends. <laughs> that actually was how Valor started. There's three people in the business. It's me, my business friend, a uh, George, and then Angela, my best friend. 
Oh, so the three so of us would just hang out on the weekends and George was just hanging out to hang out with us. <laughs> but he, he's also a very smart cookie. And so I was like, yeah, you can, you can join us. You can be part of our Valor crew. And that's kind of how it started. It was really three friends wanting to hang out with each other on the weekends. And we made something out of it. And are they still involved? They still own the business, but they don't run the business day to day like I do. Okay. So it's all, you, it's all mm-hmm. you pretty much. Where do you find yeah. your inspiration for your new projects? Because I, I remember seeing, mm. like, I remember you were all purple for a while and then yes. you did the switch, which I loved the new branding. It's. Oh, so, thank you. It's, it's so <laughs> it was iconic. hard. It was a really hard project. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So we rebranded the business um, in 2017. So six years after the launch, the official launch, mainly because, you know, as Valora grew, like we started really thinking long-term, like, where do we want to be? Do we want to be just a luxury lash brand or do we want to expand? And Valora really started out of passion and it did well because I was so passionate about the product. And so as I grow as, you know, an adult, I love lashes still, but I also love beauty. And so we, as we evolved, you know, it was really important that we positioned ourselves and hence the rebrand to be able to expand into cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the vision isn't to branch out into foundation or lipsticks. We really want to focus around the eyes. And the inspiration really comes from making products that are easier. You know, we started off with a product that most people find difficult to use, lashes. And so if you ask most women, most of the time they would say, oh, I just don't know how to use them. And our inspiration comes from making it easier for people. So mm-hmm. last year we launched one of the most successful collections, the Effortless Collection with Yeah, that's Sephora. my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that one was to, again, make it easier for the consumer because we want, we really do do believe you can live in lashes. And so that collection was created as a no measure, no trim, you just glue and go. And that's done so well for us. And it's allowed us to tap into the beginner market. You know, we've really converted a lot of those, those consumers that want beautiful lashes, but were hesitant to try. This collection is so easy to use. And so, you know, inspiration, that's kind of, that's kind of it. We want to make products simply easier for people to use. So whether that's in lashes or in eye-centric cosmetics. So everything we will be launching in the future will be something that really solves the problem. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) So do you eventually want to fully do full face of makeup, foundation and works? Not yet. Like I really do believe in focus. Mm-hmm. And we've learned the lesson of, you know, going way too broad. And that's, a, that's hurt us, you know. And so for us, we really want to focus in on one, what we are passionate about and to what, what makes sense for the brand, you know. And so as of right now, I just don't think foundation or lipstick or full face really makes sense for us. We really want to be a leader when it comes to just eye-centric cosmetics. And there's so mm-hmm. much work to be done there. And we don't want to launch products just to launch products. We take yeah. a lot of time develop our products. And so as of right now, no, I don't think we will be doing full face. We really want to do really well in just eye-centric cosmetics. So you're very hands-on with all the development and... Yes, <laughs> very hands-on. And I think that's what I'm, I'm the most passionate about is like, for example, taking like a brow product and asking my team as well as myself, how do I make this better? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't want to launch a brow pencil, if you will. And that's what kind of inspires me to work as hard as I do. I love creating products that solve a problem. Mm-hmm. So now your what does your day to day look like? Oh, it's different every day. And I think that's how I've been able to go for eight years. It's different. Every day is different. You're faced with a problem every day. It just never stops, right? And so 
being an entrepreneur, I think if you're going to go into it, you just really truly love, need to love to solve problems because that's what being an entrepreneur is. But every day it is different, whether that's hiring people, product development, operations, managing retailers. So every day it is different, but in terms of day to day, but I love that part. And that's one part I think like I wish I, I would have passed off earlier in the business. I generally loved wearing all the hats because I love learning. And I think if I hadn't had to do that early on in the business, I wouldn't have been such an effective leader, if you will, because I was forced to learn the business inside out. I had to do fulfillment. I had to do customer service. I had to do, you know, product development, design, all everything. And so I loved that part of the business early on. But now I think it is really important for the brand if we want to scale um, is to really build out the departments and having leaders in place to really grow it with me rather than on my own. What do you think has been some of your biggest secrets to success? I really don't think, yeah, it's not, there is no secret. I really don't think there was a secret to Valor. Like the biggest secret, if you will, was how much hard work we put in. Mm-hmm. Like I really can't explain it, how much I work. and. That's what it is. That's the key to success. Like you just, I'm not the smartest person. I'm never the smartest person in the room, nor was I the smartest person in school, but I was probably, I can say one of the hardest working people. And that has been the key to Valor. Like I grind um, and I'm not scared of that. And so, you know, people ask me like, what advice would I give to entrepreneurs that want to start their own business? It's truly that like, just be prepared. And if you're not willing to put in the hours and the work, I would say just don't even bother trying because <laughs> I think that was that was the key to Valor. Like we just didn't stop. We just kept going. Whatever issues we had, whatever barriers or challenges we were faced with, we attacked it and we worked at it. And that was the key. Wow. So what if there was a new entrepreneur and they were grinding, working super hard and not seeing results? If it was me, I would really figure out what is it? Is it marketing that's not causing these results? It, are you actually putting in the hours and are you prioritizing your time? So for me, when I started Valor, I really still, as hard as I worked, I had to prioritize what I was focusing on. And as you grow your business, it changes, you know? And so for me, when I first started, my main focus was product. I needed to make sure that if I was going to launch something, it would create a buzz because it was such a unique product. You know, and some people, I remember when some entrepreneurs, they're starting right off the bat and they're thinking about things that to me, honestly, didn't matter. So packaging, for example, they were just focusing all their time and energy into making sure the packaging was the most beautiful and not focusing on the product. For me, I was like, I don't really care. Like as long as the product spoke for itself, the packaging could be the purple packaging. Like I really didn't bother with it. And then, you know, like I mentioned, when it became a serious business, then I invested into rebranding. Mm-hmm. The packaging, the concept, the look of everything, because, you know, that's what allowed us to really focus and drive success was like prioritize, okay, what really matter at the current stage your business is at? And so you can't do it all when you start. You can't be perfect in all aspects of the business when you start. And I think that honestly is what new entrepreneurs struggle on. They try to be perfect. They try to have this massive business plan and all their energy is just spent in places that don't really matter yet. And so that's kind of what I would dig in first is if you're not, if you're working super hard and it's not succeeding, your attention is probably not being placed in the right areas right now. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's great advice. I think too, some people don't have a, a good vision of where they mm-hmm. can go within what they're working towards. 
yeah. they're just trying different things and hoping for results. Yes. And they overthink it. I think like a lot of people that want to start a business and they never start is because they overthink everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like we had an idea, we ran with it, we developed it. We, we, we didn't delay ourselves by overthinking it, by building a business plan, by, you know, asking. That's mm-hmm. one thing that I think Valor also was able to execute so well on was like when we were set on developing an amazing product, that was what we focused on first. And mm-hmm. we did that very well. And everything else followed afterwards. You can't have it perfect the first time around and there's no need to. Have you ever wanted to give up? Yes. <laughs> all, all, all the time. All the time. Um, <laughs> oh, trust me. And that's what I mean. Like, you know, people ask me, like, oh, do you wish this for your children? Would you pass this business off to your children? Oh, and I always say, I always say no. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's. If they want it, that's a different conversation, mm-hmm. but I would never force this upon them um, mm-hmm. knowing what I know of how, how hard it is uh, to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think it's like every day I kind of question myself, do I want to do this? It's so hard. <laughs> but I find you have those ups and downs and when you have the ups and you get that rush, that dopamine hit of like, oh my God, yeah. nothing beats it and you're addicted to it. And then yeah. you, know, you have the downs and you think you're never going to be up again, but that's what it is it's that like there's this like roller coaster for entrepreneurs that we all go through and it's like mm-hmm. I, I saw this like meme about it and it's so true it's like one day you're like this is the best thing in the world and then literally <laughs> the next day you crash down mm-hmm. and you're like oh I hate my life but that's that's really every entrepreneur I think mm-hmm. you want to give up but like you said there's these like amazing highs that keep you going I found in the first few years it really really took a toll on my mental health like I had really severe panic attacks mm. and anxiety mm-hmm. disorder. And I think it was because I was not taking care of myself. I was staying up till three, four in the morning working and then getting up early mm-hmm. working, eating garbage because as soon as I'd wake up, I'd start working and have like a chocolate bar for breakfast and then coffee. And I'd have, yeah. you know, red eye coffees. Did, did you find it affected your mental health at all? Totally. But mine was actually the reverse. So when we first started, I was on a high for years. Like my, uh, like all the partners, we were all just so excited that we owned something. (laughs) You know, we had something to our name and that like nothing could take us down. And maybe we were just naive when we were young. We just didn't think about, you know, the hard work. The hard work was fun for us. So when we actually started, I didn't feel any of the anxiety. It was when Valor in the recent years really started growing and as your as my team started growing, I started feeling the pressure of wow, it's not just me anymore. Mm-hmm. That really took a toll on my mental health. I think you know, and as you hire people and as you let people go and as people leave you, that took a major toll mm-hmm. on me because you take it personally. You know, no matter what uh, people say, you take it personally. And, and I took the staff very personally, and they are my babies, and I still call them my children. You know, and that affected me, I think the most in the past two years, you know, you talk about panic. I, yeah, I felt those panics many times, you know, when we had turnover or when we had, mm-hmm. when I hired the wrong people, I really took it hard on myself. It wasn't even like anybody else. I just blamed myself that like, why didn't I hire better? Or why didn't I lead them better? Mm-hmm. That really why don't they, your mental why don't they want to work for me? What yeah. is, I had seen a quote that oh, I can't remember what it was, something about people don't leave jobs. They leave bad leaders or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, and I don't think that's true, but we take that, you know, you take exactly. And you, and and like, I I never 
cut myself enough slack. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't. And one thing that they don't teach you in school is how to be an effective leader. And, you know, being 21, being thrown into a business like Valor and, and it growing the way it did, I didn't have time to learn to be a leader. And I was figuring out, I'm still trying to figure out how to not just be a leader, but to run a business, right? And so we're being pulled in all these directions. And that was very hard. You know, I feel like I suck at being a leader while I'm trying to figure out how to grow a business. And eventually, no matter how strong you are, and I'm a very strong person, I'm a very strong personality, Mm -hmm. it takes a toll on you, whether you admit it or not, you know? And so I think the past few years, it's, it's been tough for sure. But that's why it's so important to build out a team that you really could lean on and Mm -hmm. that could help take some weight off your shoulders. And I think I'm finally getting there. So I see the light. (laughs) (laughs) And that I think a lot of them don't understand, you know, what as a business owner we have to deal with because we do Mm -hmm. go in a million different directions and we've got clients that are relying on us. But then we also have to think about, okay, we're paying these these people's Mm -hmm. livelihood. Like now we've Mm -hmm. got we've got to think about their salary that's on our plate and, and all that thing. So I think, yeah, finding a, like yeah. You said, a great team that understands this and that can support you and take so much stuff off your plate is just so important. And that was one of the, yeah, it is. I learned over the years, just how important it was. Like when you get a bad hire, it just, Oh, everything. Yeah. It's poisonous. You know, you, you hear it all the time. It's like, oh, when you have like a bad hire, get rid of them as soon as possible because like the poison that it could affect your team is so bad. And I, I didn't really believe that. You know, for me, I always want to give people second, third chances, you know, mm-hmm. and even if you knew they were poisonous, I was I was holding on to people. And I, there was, I don't know what it was. I just believed that I could fix things. I always believed that no matter how bad the hire was, that I could train them and I could lead them to become better. And that was such a big mistake of mine because it was affecting not just me, it was affecting everyone else. And it made the environment bad for everyone else that did matter, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now I've learned that lesson. And, you know, if it's not the right culture fit, I don't take it personally. And I just have to be, I have to be protective of the rest of the team. And we just got to let people go if it's not the right fit. Is building culture very important to you? Building a good company culture? It is. It really is. And I think building strong cultures is what really drives performance. It's something that I'll admit, I did not focus on that in the first few years because I'm just focusing on like, you know, doing well in Sephora, for example. Mm -hmm. And so now as the business matures, it becomes culture. It really is a focus of ours. It's hard though. I'm not going to lie. Being an entrepreneur, trying to be a good leader, trying to be managing and running the business. Culture is kind of like the last thing you want to think about, right? But it is so important. I'm very lucky because I have a leadership team that understands how important it is. So they carry a lot of that weight for me. They take initiative on managing offsites and doing monthly strategy meetings as well as monthly team events. So that has helped me a lot because I'm not going to lie. I don't take enough initiative as I should uh, to building out the culture, but it is very important to me. Mm -hmm. I'm similar that way. It's kind of the last thing on my mind always. Yeah. And it's okay to admit that, you know, I think all entrepreneurs want to say, yeah, like I built the culture, I run the culture and like, Mm -hmm. I, I, I will be the first one to admit that, you know, I have a lot of work to do in that area. But the first thing is I, I understand how important it is and we're working towards it. I can't focus on everything. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you can't. Now, where can people find more about you and more about Valor? You can find us more on our social media. You know, we're really starting to build out the presence 
behind the scenes of Velour. You know, Velour is a brand, and I think people know Velour for the lashes, for the quality. But, you know, the team is so amazing. The people behind Velour is truly a family, and the amount of work and passion they have for the product is truly incredible. And to me, it's so inspiring to see. And so if you find us on social media, on Instagram, we're Velour Beauty Official. You'll start to really see Velour HQ. You'll see the people behind the brand and what they do. And I think... (laughs) Big Al, exactly. Big Al's very popular. It's funny. I could be on the street and people actually like recognize Big Al. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's pretty amazing. He's yeah. so cute. He's the best. He's like a human. He acts like a human too. <laughs> what kind of dog is he? He's a Bernese mountain dog. Wow. He's a big boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a big boy. We love him. Aw. This is a total separate note, but I was just wondering, are you? do you think that you'll ever slow down and have children? I think so. I mean, that's kind of like the past year I've been really focusing on building out the leadership team to help me take some things off my plate so that I could start preparing for a family. And I mean, like by no means am I saying you can't have both, you know, you can't run the business and have children. But for me, you know, you mentioned earlier, like mental health and health in general, I think it's definitely taken a toll on me in the past two years, I would say. And so for me, I just need to prioritize health and family first Mm -hmm. over the business. And so I want to really put my attention there in the next year or so, but making sure I have a team ready to go before I do that. So yeah, I think maybe in the next year or two, really concerning starting a family. So you'd be about 27, 28 now? No, I'm 30, 31 now. Oh, you're 31 now. Yeah, I'm 31 now. 34. I can't believe it. I don't know where the time has gone. And I keep thinking. Oh my God, you look so much younger. I thought you were like 21. (laughs) Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah. I'm thinking I should freeze my eggs. Oh man, I know. I've been thinking about that too. I keep reading not getting any about it. And one of the girls in, in the office yesterday, she she needed the day off because she was donating her eggs. She does this thing where wow. she'll, she'll don't yeah, so there'll be like a gay couple in the States or something that can't have children. So she'll donate her eggs so that they can use it to have a child. But this is her last year because wow. they, they retire them at 35. <laughs> So, oh my god retire that's actually so sad to say like you retire your eggs by 35 yeah. oh i hate that i hate that we have like this clock i know me too and i never thought about it until this year mm-hmm. because it's like once you hit 35 there's all these extra risks and things yeah i still feel so young <laughs> me too that's me i like i can't believe i just said 31 like i feel like i'm 24 at most Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like so much, yeah, I feel like I'm not I'm not ready yet. I have to say, like you have done an amazing job with Glor and everything, and you are so inspiring. And I just oh, have to thank, thank you. you for sharing your story with me. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. 